Well, tie this message is come and see. And as we have talked about, we'll be uh, 20 years old, October 4th. So leading up to this anniversary, we're doing a little reminiscing as we did this morning. And we look at our start and where God has brought us from as we celebrate Him as well. If you were here on October 4th, 1998, raise your hand. See, you don't. I see Mark and Ron and... uh, I'm sure there may be some others out there, but it's dark and I can't see you. So that, that shows you how, how we have uh, progressed from that time and how things have changed. Now raise your hand if you came here because somebody invited you. You see, you see, you see, the, you see the difference there? Or you heard, thank you for those hands, you, you heard somebody talking about it and you wanted to come and check it out. Because maybe you even heard the rumor that there are insane people leading that church, and you just wanted to look at us. So, and after you're here a while, you think, boy, they were right. But anyhow, Diane and I moved to Sullivan in uh, December 97, and we lived up over Tyndall's. And it was at that time that uh, I started talking to people about what God had me here for. I did a lot of, of networking through the newsstand, and I went into a lot of businesses. And so, my name's Eddie, and God has called me to Sullivan, my wife and I, to start a church, and we just want to invite you. I probably got the craziest looks at runts when I went in there, but nonetheless, hey, whatever, you know, that's, that's the way that it worked, and uh, God blessed us. Ron uh, Lucas had the, uh, Mark and Colleen, and he knew that, the folks and got that first group together, and, and then he brought a worship leader from um, the church up north, Mark Johnston. Um, and they put the band together. If you know that name, Mark Johnson, you, you might have you heard my story in, in uh, 101. I baptized Mark Johnson after he came to Christ, and uh, he came out into the baptismal, and I looked down, and instead of a folded white handkerchief, I had my underwear in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> If there was one moment I remember in life, that was ours. He looked at them white underwear, and he looked up at me, and he looked back down, and I said, I'll go get my handkerchief. So uh, he never forgot that, nor did I, actually. That's why I started wearing colored underwear. That way I don't get them mixed up. (laughs) Anyhow, that's the way it worked. But anyhow, remember Al Drake was in the band, and I remember Linda was over at the jewelry store, and she had a funny look on her face when I told her I was in town to start a church. And, but anyhow, God worked that out. So on October 4th, 1998, we had our first service here. We got hooked up with Reed and Twyla, and they graciously let us come. We had 159 people the first Sunday. Next couple Sundays went down in the 130s, and over in a month we was over 200, and we've never went below 200 uh, since then. Actually, uh, the attendance is in the bulletin uh, every week, and uh, the offering. Many have asked, "How did Crossroads grow?" I, 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 there's three reasons, and, and number one reason is this: is because God was behind it. It was a God thing. There is nothing that on our own any of us could have orchestrated to bring this to pass, and it still is a God thing. Secondly, I do believe that Diane and I and Ron and Cindy were obedient, and I think 
uh, the people were obedient and excited about what God had created in this place, and they wanted people to come and see because they maybe never really uh, seen anything like that before. They, I don't know, but it's like Reed said, it was something a little different. So they asked others to come and see. You, you know that whole concept, uh, marketers uh, have used it for years, it's called word of mouth. And we see example of that in John chapter 1, verses 20, 35 through 51. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and then declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. Then John's two disciples turned and followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want, he asked them. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place, and they stayed there the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John said and then followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, You are Simon, the son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, which translated into rock. The next day, Jesus decided to go to small stone, I guess was the, is the pronunciation. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come be my disciple. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew, at Peter's hometown. Philip went off to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, Can anything good come from there? Just come and see for yourself, Philip said. As they approached, Jesus said, Here comes an honest man, a true son of Israel. How do you know about me, Nathanael asked, and Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Nathanael replied, Teacher, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe all this just because I told you that I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, The truth is you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down upon the Son of Man. We see in this passage all these action words. Verse 36, look, there is the Lamb of God. 37, they turned and followed. 39, Jesus said, come and see. 41, Andrew immediately went and told his brother. Verse 42, Andrew brought Simon to Jesus and changed, Jesus changed his name. Verse 43, Jesus said to Philip, come be my disciple. 45, look, uh, Philip went to look for his friend Nathaniel, found him, told him, we have found Jesus the one that Moses and the prophets wrote about, and he doubted. Then Philip said, just come and see for yourself. Verse 47, Jesus blows Nathanael away with his omniscience because he was all-knowing, and he knew him before he, he met him, actually. He already knew about Nate and what kind of man he was. And in verse 49, Nathanael makes his confession. Word of mouth, we saw that. You can see it. It's effective, uh, bringing friends, bringing friends to Jesus. You know, there's a, there's a cliche that is out there that says sheep follow sheep. Uh, some say sheep are dumb, but not so. Sheep are not, not at, are not at all unintelligent. They can recognize human faces and sheep faces. Their intelligence is just below that of pigs. I knew I always loved pigs. And are on par with cattle, but not, not surprising because pigs and cows and sheep are quite closely related, you know, like whales. They have an intelligence. Sheeps have a herding instinct. They tend to stay together with other sheep for safety. They have a very strong instinct to follow the leader. And in that vein, we talk about that, that Jesus talks about himself being the good shepherd. And we, like the Scripture says, are like sheep who've gone astray, and we need that, we need that guidance. 
Uh, sheep can get into trouble with, without God being our good shepherd. I'm glad Jesus didn't call us pigs in a sense because pigs like the mud and sheep pretty much like to stay clean. So when we take a, talk about word of mouth, it is a powerful action. It is one of the most powerful marketing strategies because it creates networking. It's, it's how the, the, the good news of Christ was shared throughout the world, even in, in Jesus' day, but it, it hasn't continued. That, that's the biggest marketing strategy today is us telling others uh, uh, about Christ. Here, here's, a, here, here's a short clip about inviting somebody to church. Let's watch. like every week but would you like to ride to church with me oh come on mrs edwards you'll like my church we have some hot music it may not be what you're bumping at all but it's hot we get down what do you say mrs edwards oh i suppose I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. <sighs> okay, here we are. Appearances aren't always what they seem, are they? We just assumed that that kid in that car was listening to that music, but it wasn't. I didn't realize he got over hip-hop grandma, you know. There's three E's in this word-of-mouth exchange. Engage, equip, and empower. When we talk about engaging, you, uh, we give our, our friends and our family the gift that God has given us, which is a new life in Christ. It's, and and we, we boil that down, and we've talked about this a lot. That's forgiveness for everything that you've ever done wrong in your life. A completely clean state, erased of all sin. Holy Spirit gives us purpose and power to live for today and security of knowing that when you die that there is a place prepared for you in heaven and God has a room in heaven with your name on it. And uh, I think about Sonner and God called his name and now he's in that place. And we invite folks to church and give them the opportunity to experience what Christ has done for us in our life. Equip, we tell stories about what God has done here at Crossroads and in our own lives and we tell them about our experience here with a great band we have and the music and messages that, that they can apply to their life and donuts and bagel and coffee and juice. And you come for breakfast if you want. 
The third E is empower. You let friends and family know how important they are to you. I don't know how many of you have said you were a little skeptical at first, but then when you finally came, it, it clicked and you felt like that, uh, that, that you, you needed to be here. And, th and that's what happens when you invite people. You, you can't imagine how many times I've said this to people that don't come. Just come one time. Just come once and experience. Be a critic if you want and tell us what you think of this place and what your experience was like. Were people friendly? Did people greet you? Um, on and on. And if you don't like it, don't come back. I won't bother you anymore. And that has happened to me uh, quite a bit, actually. And I've asked you guys before to put on grace-tinted bifocals because it, it, it makes a, a difference in our life. It affects what our vision is and it affects our perception and the very way that we see things, and it's the way that we see people. Because sometimes we've got a, a funny view of people. But when we put on grace-tinted glasses, you're, you're, in a sense, we're trying to see through the eyes of Christ and how Christ sees these people. I, I want us here as crossroads to see ourselves as happy beggars telling other beggars where to find bread, because that's what we were. At Crossroads, uh, being a community of people that is thirsty for grace, and to view those outside of the church as lost children far away from home, and they're trying to find their way back to the Father's house, and that's what you and I are on this earth, on this earth to do is to help them find the way back and to help them realize regardless of who they are or what they've done that they're always welcome here and they can always find grace on tap 24-7. I like that concept regardless of who comes struggling into these doors that instead of this kind of number we'll at least open our arms up to and, and let the Holy Spirit change them. Word of mouth, come and see. And let, me, let me ask you this this morning. Have, have you ever went out and bought something because somebody recommended it to you? That's word of mouth. Or you've seen products, even on TV or on billboards or whatever, and you, you, you went and bought it, word of mouth. Or rented a movie because somebody said, this movie is off the chart, you got to see it, and you do it. That's word of mouth. Have you ever tried a restaurant because somebody said they got great food or great service or a great price? That's word of mouth. You know, when we first started, many people invited a lot of people. And I think over the years, maybe... Uh, that passion to invite has kind of cooled down, and we kind of got settled in and got comfortable and maybe even plateaued and went blackward a little bit. I, uh, I think Kurt done some stats on this. Our attendance is down about 6%. So I'm asking you this morning as people that I love to make a new commitment. Invite somebody to church this week. Look around. See people that were here for years and you don't see them anymore. Send them a text or call them. Do, do whatever. There's so many forms of communication out there at our fingertips, and uh, we need to use them. Here's an example. Um, watch, watch this. It's called the chalkboard. You'll see what I'm talking about.
You see, it's just social media is all around us. We all, who's on social media? You know, raise your hand if you are. I'm, I'm not, but I hear rumors about it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. It's out there. You can't escape it. So what do you do? You use it. You tell others about church. You probably never thought you'd hear me say this before, but who, who has a cell phone with them this morning? Raise your hand if you got a cell phone. It's, it's, we bring them to church because they've become part of our appendages. They're part of our body, actually. Do this in church. If there's a song that's being played and you're like, why don't you video that and send it to somebody? Or if you look around at these tables and you see people that you haven't seen for a while, or you know people that aren't in church, send them a text. You can do it during church if you want. It, it, it doesn't bother me. I'd rather have you send text than sleep. Because usually if you're sending text, text, you're not snoring. So you, you know what I'm saying this morning. So you, use that phone in church for a tool. Seriously, pray about it. Ask God to lay somebody on your heart or your mind that you haven't seen for a while. The, the number of people to me is staggering that's been through these doors since we've opened. It's staggering. I, 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 can't even, I couldn't even put, put it in the ballpark how many. But, but, but pray about that and think about it. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm talking to Eddie, too, that we, we get comfortable, and that's, that's not a good thing, actually. So invite somebody to come next week. And not anybody that's involved in another church, you know, that, that's, that uh, leaves a bad taste in the community's mouth. And I think maybe that happened in the beginning a little bit, and I apologize for that. But nonetheless, some of our marketing strategies may be what they shouldn't have been. But that's behind us now, so we're moving on. So really pray about that this week, who God might lay on your heart that you might ask to come. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, we invite you that you can come down here and, and we'll pray with you and, and show you how to know Jesus if that. Um, you need to pray. Pray right where you're set. Lord, we love you, and uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, what you've done in this place. And uh, you've taken uh, the likes of us, and you've brought us uh, together as a family and merged us together to, to be your kids and to love each other and help each other through life and to show others the way. And like I said, Lord, all those lost children out there need you, that we, you have us in their lives for a reason. So give us guidance and direction and, and the courage to do that. Give you praise and glory this morning, Lord. I just thank you for uh, Reed and Twyla and Tom being a part of this this morning and sharing in what, what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. I know there are many others. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen.